Yes, indeed. There is a war. Let's not forget that. Father God, we thank you for thy kingdom come, thy will be done on earth and through us, even as it's being done and declared in heaven, that your kingdom does not come with appearance, but it comes from, it's the kingdom within. And it also emanates out of us through the power of your Holy Spirit to reach the lost, to make disciples, to heal the sick, cleanse the lepers, raise the dead, and preach the gospel of repentance. So, Father, give us the gift of repentance in this country. We need the humility. We need the courage to uh, cast off the shame and the lies and bow our knees to you and, and repent. And I thank you, Lord, that you t- you were humble. You showed us. You re- reduced yourself down to humanness plus godness, of course, to come and save us, Lord, to rescue us. And you paid the price in full that Satan's death penalty hanging over us uh, had no effect because you took the death on yourself. And I thank you that when you rose from the dead, you gave us power over all the power of the enemy uh, because we needed it, Lord God, because it was uh, the war was going on all the time. So I pray, Father, that you give us wisdom, eyes to see, ears to hear, and a heart to receive the revelation of your divine wisdom and to receive the promise that no weapon formed against us will prosper, that no word said, no deed done, no action taken, no schemes of the enemy will ultimately prevail against you because you said the gates of hell will not prevail against your church. So I thank you, Lord, for your word, your promise, that it's set and settled when you say it, Father. And I thank you that you give us now your wisdom, protect our children, protect those who work for us, pray for us, love us, and have come to us for help in all avenues of our lives including the work of our hands and this broadcast, Father, in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. Well, you said, you know, we say it pretty much every at the beginning of every show, yeah. that, that welcome to the war, we're in the war. Yep, we're and, sure and in the war. A lot of people expect uh, life to be a cruise ship, and it's actually a battleship. <laughs> that's right. For, you know, yeah, forget it, that cruise ship idea. Yeah, that's, yeah. That doesn't even... Yeah. It, it doesn't doesn't calculate. It's not reality. It may, you can step out of Speaking reality. Speaking of ships, yes, uh, we're in Mark chapter four. Yeah, beginning with verse uh, thirty-five. Mm-hmm. Now Jesus has just spoken the you know, the parables of the yep. uh, of the sower and the soils, the growing soils, the parable of the mustard seed. He had a seminar. And he said, "Okay, he had a seminar. Okay, the seminar's over." He says, "Let's go." Right, it's on the same day. It's time like to no, pack up. It's Let's like leave. no break. It's like at the end of the day. Mm-hmm. And he just says, let's go. He had to when, when get out of there or it would have come. never ended. So in the <laughs> evening, right? Yeah. And he said to them, let us cross over to the other side. Well, they were on the Sea of Galilee, right? Well, the Sea of, yeah, they're right on the edge of the Sea of Galilee. Mm-hmm. And the, uh, the Sea of Galilee, of course, is, he says, let's cross over to the other side, which is about like eight miles mm-hmm. to cross it. Okay. Uh, the... Um, and the Sea of Galilee itself is like 700 feet bef- below sea level, mm-hmm. about 700 Ooh, feet ouch. below sea level. Pretty so deep there. kind of in a little uh, d- depression there, not mm-hmm. depression like we think of people being depressed, but a low area. And it says, now, he says, let's cross over to the other side. Verse 36, now when they had left the multitude, mm-hmm. they took al- him along in the boat as he was. And other little boats were also with him. So... Uh, there's like a little flotilla here of mm-hmm. of boats going across. We don't we don't think of you know big ships like no. sea going vessels, but not even you know, probably a good boats, sized boat. No. He and his uh, probably Fishing you know the boats, disciples, probably. his yeah. disciples, probably the twelve yep. are there with him, and uh, and there were other little boats along with him. So it, it wasn't just him, but so <laughs> there were people that 
Or tagging along. They were, ta- they were tagging along. <laughs> Where's he going next? Tagging along see. with Jesus. Uh-huh. And then verse 37, and a great windstorm arose, and waves beat into the boat so that it was already filling. Now, so, stop so, just a second here. You've got the bigger boat, which he's probably in, and then you've got these little boats. Can you right. imagine what was happening with the little boats if the big boat was already s- almost oh. filling with water oh, and yeah, sinking? Yeah, and, and these, these guys, you know, the most of the guys that were with Jesus were fishermen, so they knew the mm-hmm. Sea of Galilee. That's where they fished. They mm-hmm. knew it. You know, like fishermen today, they have their favorite lake, and they know all the drop-offs and, and, and yeah. the depths and all that stuff like that. But I heard so, that this was kind of a wily lake, and a lot of times this sudden storms would come up, you're just kind of whipping around well, because what, of the... what happened, because you have almost like tropical conditions on the um, on the surface of the water, and then I, I'm, I'm told that it's even they grow bananas around the Sea of Galilee even Kidding today. Me. Wow. But then you go... Around around the Sea of Galilee, uh, especially to the west, north, and east, there are mountains that rise up, you know, three to four thousand feet. So at night, especially, it can get really chilly up there. And what happens with cold air? It cold settles. air comes down, right, and it mm-hmm. meets the warm air mm-hmm. on the surface. And of you the get lake. a little it, mini. Funnel, you, spout, yeah, hurricane, can, tornado, whatever. Right, you know, on you the can, surface of the water. These sudden storms can. Can, yeah. It can come up. A great windstorm, it said, rose, that the wave, waves beat against the boat, so it was already filling. But he was in the stern, asleep on a pillow. And they woke him and said to him, Teacher, do you not care that we are perishing? I mean, they probably, you know, left him sleep for a while because they thought they could handle it. And then finally it got out of control. And so they tried to shake him awake. Obviously, I think he knew exactly what was going on. Yeah, he's, I, he, he you know, Not that he was fake and sleeping, but I know he was not worried about it at all. Mm-hmm. You know, because he, then he rose <clears throat> and rebuked the wind and said... Well, wait a minute, wait a minute. Look what it says oh, here I'm in sorry. the middle of verse 38. Yeah. They woke him and said to him, Teacher, do, do you not care that we are perishing? Mm-hmm. So yeah, that was their concern. They were questioning the care of Jesus. Now... A lot of times when we go through the you know storms trials. of life, mm-hmm. trials, sicknesses, spiritual attacks, all kinds of crazy stuff that goes on in families and workplaces and so forth, and just in our own injustices, life, turmoil, offenses, inju- anxieties, all those lack, kinds of things, poverty, affliction. So, so and they say, well, Lord, we're going through this. We're Don't going you down. Care? Yeah. Well, Do well, we're going of, down. Do you, yeah, we're, we're going down, and Lord, don't you care? That you pray, and if if the only one that can really help us, you know, if we think that that one doesn't care about us, then we're we're really sunk, right? Well, you know, the thing is too. I guess it is all about love, and all of our trials and tests are the test of the love of God for us and our faith in the love of God, faith in the care and goodness of God. That every test reduces down to a test of trust. And um, no matter what it is, do you trust God or do you still have to try to figure it out yourself or lean to yourself? And here was a pretty good example uh, of, of them coming to the end of themselves and they could not rely upon their own skills, their own expertise, their strength, their, their, their you know, fishing uh, abilities, mentalities, knowing the sea, knowing everything. Because at some point that you get to the place where that thing is, is overcoming you, is bigger than you are. The sea was bigger than them and all of their 
expertise put together. And so then it reduces down to what's going to happen if I can't take care of myself, if I don't. And they said, teacher, uh, do you not care that we are perishing? Um, so, that, you know, I, I suppose they could have yelled some other things at him, but that was kind of the bottom line in their heart. Was, it's like you're sleeping on the job. It's like, you know, where we, are you? And we think mm-hmm. that. Say, yeah, we, yeah think Jesus that, is, we think that sort of thing when we're going through these where's things. Where's God? Where, where is God in mm-hmm, all this? Mm-hmm, exactly. Does he even care about us? Is he, is he really disinterested in everything in, in us? We have to remember that God is very interested. He's, he's on, on it in every yeah, he's area of our lives. He's, he's always on it. He's always caring. Even he's though there. it doesn't, you know, they could, even though it doesn't seem like it, it sounds right. like we're we're like going. They're down. wet and freaked out, and their boat is sinking, and everything. When your boat, they, when, they probably lost when some your of their boat rigging. is on the water, you're okay. But when your water, the water is in your boat, then it's trouble. Yeah, that's a good. That's a good sign of figuring out if it's in, you're in trouble or not. But but so the thing is, it is the bottom line here. Um, do you care that we perish? And that's our question. Why me, God? Where are you, God? Those kinds of things, and they just pop out of our mouth. But the funniest thing about it is. We already know in our spirit, we know that God loves us. God is good. God cares. God doesn't lie. God will never forsake us. But in our soul, we don't always know that. So we begin to feel alarmed and feel panicky and anxious. And that's where people live. They live mostly out of their souls, which is their their soul is their, their flesh. Their body and soul connected is called living flesh. So when you, if you're living out of the navigating software of your mind, will, and emotions, your soul, you you will always work with thinking and feeling, and this is where they were at. They were not knowing what they already knew, that this man, he had done all kinds of things already to improve, or approve, I should say, that he was awesome. Right. There's two things here that... that and able. The, the two things here are, that number one, there's fear. Okay. Mm-hmm. How much of our life, our lives right. are lived according to fear? And circumstances. Fear of what other people mm-hmm. think. What fear of what w- could happen? Right. Fear we won't have enough money. F- mm-hmm. Fear that we're, we'll our go, health will break. Fear that we'll be rejected. Fear that we'll be picked on. Fear that we'll be will look different. Fear if we stand up for something, they're mm-hmm. going to think we're we're weird. They who are they? Who cares what they think? If you know the truth, but these are the intimidations. Right. There's fear. There's t- the the fear, and then there's also questioning the character of God. Those two things that's are the really, objectives of oh, Satan to get us wow. to believe that. God Those are is two not biggies, good. aren't they? That, that's the main two objectives yeah. Satan has in this war, to convince us that God does not care for us, that he is not good, and that we are not worthy of his love. And so we have to, we're striving to earn what we already have, been given freely. We're striving to earn it and to please God and make him happy with us. Uh, that implies that God is crabby and, and legalistic and hard to please. And we get all that context from not understanding the war because in the Old Testament, a lot of times we'll see God having to do a lot of disciplining, um, you know, calling down judgment and wrath upon people, the flood and uh, the conquering of the land of Canaan and various things. And we think of this, this is God. This is not God. This is, this is actually, um, you know, fathers do a lot of things. They love their kids. They carry their kids on their shoulders. They bless them. They teach them. They raise them. And sometimes they have to discipline them. And it's all good because the fathers are not doing it out of lo- out of hatred, but they're doing it out of a, a, out of the goodness of knowing that these children need to be raised up. So, so he's here. They're at this crisis point. Then he arose. He got up. He 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 didn't. Even, he he rose and rebuked the wind and said to the sea, "Peace be still," and the the wind ceased. 
and there was a great calm. That is awesome. That is amazing. He, he had power. He'd already shown them he had power to turn uh, water into wine. He'd already shown them that he had power over leprosy. He had power over uh, the demon-possessed um, man in the, in the temple. He had already healed the paralytic. He had done a lot of things already that they were pretty convinced that he had a lot of power. But to, to, to speak simply, and I think in the, the real translations, peace be still, still, the actual interpretation is shut up. It, it means really like be quiet or be shut hushed up. or shut up utterly. Be, so, be quiet. so we can wonder then that this storm and tempest on the sea was a natural occurrence at this point, this particular storm, or was this one demonically contrived? Well, there's a there's an issue here. I mean, that regarding the circumstances. Cir- well, circumstances and the storms and the weather. What Satan is the prince of the power of the air. Correct. We know God has, <clears throat> excuse me, God has control over all of nature. Mm-hmm. Okay. And He said there will be seasons and there will be times. And times and, and seasons mm-hmm. and sometimes, you know, sometimes when Minnesota we think, you know, um, when it's forty below it's of the devil, and oh. when it's eighty-five <laughs> degrees it's it's from God. But but I really believe that there that Satan has some influence in the weather. Absolutely, and the, the you know I, the I prince always, of the power of the air, principalities stir and up powers. The air, right. God has the ultimate power power over this, but there is there is I believe in this case, there's literally the the enemy, not just normal mm-hmm. sudden storm. storms. Mm-hmm. But the enemy had something to do well, with this and, and as well. Well, and I've wondered about this before, too, and then I go back to the remembering in Job where um, Satan asked to test Job, and um, and the first thing he did was cause uh, a storm of some sort to collapse the house right, exactly. where Job's kids were sitting, uh, sitting, and they all died. And so that would not have been a, a God thing. You say, well, God permitted that. Well, the devil was the one who started that. God says, have you seen my righteous servant Job? And Satan says, let me test him. So in that particular case, and I believe this too, you said that um, the power of this, we don't, we assume that it's nature. We assume that a windstorm or a tornado or a hurricane, but how many stories have you heard about people who have prayed to God and turned a a hurricane or turned a tornado away from their house or, or the fire, the fire stopped uh, where it was burning out of control, or the or the wind uh, turned it in a different direction. So I really believe that here's what the deal is. The deal is always this: God gave power to Adam and Eve. He gave them dominion over the earth, the fish, the the fowl, the the, bir- the birds, the the beasts, the da da da. They had the uh, the authority. They had the power, uh, authority actually, not power, but authority gives you power. So, but when they began to interact with and communicate with and make deals with the devil, human beings, starting with Adam and Eve um, and on down, the devil, every time that humans make a deal with the devil, go with, go with his solution, listen to him, make an agreement with him, um, he takes their power. And he, he convinces them that, that, they, that they need to his help. Adam and Eve needed his help for, um, the, to assure that they would never die, that they would be wise uh, and that they would then get to have advantage of knowing what's on the tree of the knowledge of good and evil. And that tree of the knowledge of good and evil is really, who wants that tree? That's the devil's tree, because ever since that tree has been bit into, opened into, opened up and bit into, it's it's been nothing but pain and trouble. The, the revelations of evil are nothing but um, Satan's opportunities to destroy the human race. But going back to this, so Satan gets some power and authority to mess with things that we have power over when we give him our authority, we give him our power, we give him our agreements. And so here what he has, 
um, already been given permission. And in this particular case, as we will see as we go on with this story and move into chapter five, there was a real, this is, a, this is also a spiritual um, incident here. Uh, yeah. when, when he calmed the storm and he said to them, um, why, are you, why are you so fearful? Uh, how is it that you have no faith? So he was, here was a, a, a kind of a, a preparation for the next event that was about to happen on the shore. And he was challenging their faith. Why have you no faith? How is it that you have no faith? And they feared exceedingly and said to one another, who can this be that even the wind and the sea obey him? They're still forming their conclusions about who this man is. They've been astonished with his doctrine. They've been astonished with his authority. Um, what new doctrine is this? Yeah, it surely was a new doctrine, that's for sure. When yeah, rebuking saw, the sea and the wind. Yeah, rebuking and the, the demons, rebuking yeah. the Pharisees. Yeah, but, it's definitely and, a new doctrine. <laughs> and so um, they were fearful, um, but they were still forming, like I said, their opinion. Who is this guy? Um, and, and until we know that we know what we know, we don't know it for sure. I mean, we know Jesus loves us, but to know that you know Jesus loves you is one step further to authority. And to know that you know that you know is taking authority over the enemy to say no, because you know the truth at that point. You're not thinking and feeling and trying to figure it out. And I think believing gets uh, tangled up. We, we often talk about, well, they didn't have enough faith. They, they need they need more faith. They didn't get healed because they didn't have enough faith. I really, you know, as your faith be it unto you, that was some of the times Jesus would say, you know, as a, as your faith, so be it unto you. But um, it, they were demonstrating their faith, and he was just acknowledging that demonstration of their faith by saying, you know, go ahead. You've got what you've asked for. You've got what you believe for. But a lot of times I think we, we, we uh, put faith and knowing on an equal plane when they're not. I mean, faith depends on a lot of times coming out of the soul, depends on what you think and feel and your rational mind gets in the way and your feelings of fear and anxiety get in the way. But in your spirit, you already know. You already know stuff. So live in your spirit. You know that God is with you. You know he's got this under control. You know he loves you. You know he's not going to leave or forsake you. So you can live with a lot more confidence when you walk and live in the spirit as opposed to going back and forth between your soul mind, will, and emotions, that is, and your spirit. So they, yeah. they weren't walking in the spirit here. They were walking in their fear of the, of the coming out of their minds. Yeah, and you got the storm, and you got the storm at night. It's <clears> dark. <throat> it's evening. That's not you know, good. You know, it's like Everything's really, bad, the worst but, but, at all. Right, but you know what Jesus said at the beginning there in verse 35, let us cross over to the other side. He didn't say, okay, let's, let's go in out middle. into the middle <laughs> of the lake and get drowned in this storm. Yeah. Now, so, and so sometimes God speaks to us mm-hmm. about a certain direction for our lives. Yeah. Okay. He says, I want you to go here, or I, I, this is what I have for you. Start mm-hmm. here. What happens in the midst of that sometimes? It, it, everything, all hell seems to break loose. Mm-hmm. Okay. And, and, uh, it looks like this is never going to happen. Like, you know, it's often said that God gives a vision. Then there's the death of the vision, and there's mm-hmm. the fulfillment of the vision. And all the while, God kept the vision for you. But there is right. But there is a purpose in crossing over, mm-hmm. and 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 Jesus knew the purpose. Yeah. He didn't say anything to the disciples. He says, "Okay, let's cross over the side, other side because we're going to do this and this and this." 
God doesn't give you all the information. Right. You just shall live by faith. So yes, just, just begin to walking. obey, and then we'll see what right. God has. But what did God have here? Yeah, it's funny. Can you say so in the morning of every day, Jesus didn't get out his um, checklist and his pencil and say, "Okay, today, guys, here's the deal. You're, you two are going to go over there, and it, we're going to accomplish this, this, and this is our this is our daily, you know, schedule, plan, goal." He he really didn't have anything like that. He just kind of walked. He just kind of was in the right place at the right time, always doing the right follow thing. The, follow he followed the, the spirit, and and you know, so, so we are so insecure that we have to have our schedules and our, our five year five year, plan. yeah, and all this stuff, and and, and how. Yeah, that's that's all human thinking and reasoning. Anyway, let's go to chapter 5. Chapter 5, um, and we really see the purpose. You know, Jesus a lot of times does not give a break, get a break. Uh-huh. So he's he's taught. Got to do a lot three and a half years, you know. In the evening, he crosses over, he sleeps. I mean, he was human. He goes tired, he fell asleep, gets up, rebukes the wind and the sea. The disciples are amazed, and they come to the other side of the sea. Okay, they came to the other side of the sea. They made it. They made it through mm-hmm. the storm. And and they didn't say, oh, let's have a picnic here on the beach. Let's take a nap. So we had a, we had a hard night it last night. Let's sleep a, in this morning. It was a hard day's night. Yeah, yeah. So we we can't, you know. And there's no no way, no here. excuses. And you just says, keep pushing in. Right into the country of the Gadarenes. Now this is this is an area to the east or kind of sort of to the southeast of the Sea of Galilee. It's inhabited mostly by Gentiles. Okay. Okay. It's kind of diagonal right across from yeah. Capernaum. Yeah, yeah, from Capernaum. Okay. <clears throat> and so, and when he had come out of the boat, no, <laughs> they're probably still a little bit wet from shook up a the little. storm. They're a little bit shook up. And, and immediately, okay, there met him out of the tombs a man with an unclean spirit. Well, oh. where's this guy coming from? Mm-hmm. He's coming from out of the tombs, these, these hollowed out, places where dead people were, um, mm-hmm. a, a man with an unclean spirit. And so, uh, I mean, anything, you know, touching the dead in the old covenant mm-hmm. meant that you were unclean. Mm-hmm. And there was a process. If you touched a dead body, mm-hmm. you had to go through this whole process with the priest. Of ritual cleansing, ritual purification. Cleansing and so forth. Mm-hmm. But he had an unclean spirit who had his dwelling among the tombs. He, so he... He was a man who lived in the graveyard, mm-hmm. and no one could bind him, not even with chains, because he had been often been bound with shackles and chains, and the chains had been pulled apart by him. I like what the King James says, plucked asunder, mm-hmm. and the shackles broken in pieces, neither could anyone tame him. Or counsel him, or settle him down. Or so, so really... And there was no medication, so obviously he's in, he's in his full... Uh, manifestation here, but so notice they get they get to the shore. They don't walk anywhere. They don't walk deep in. They don't go deep into the country. They're just right there. Basically, sounds like immediately there met him. So this guy wasn't far away. He was probably maybe a block away because it says um, they you know and you know he maybe was. You saw those guys, Jesus and the disciples mm-hmm. coming. Mm-hmm. He might have. Yeah, he must have actually. Yeah. Um, so he has the sh- he probably without the shackles on right now, and I'm sure. There were probably warnings on the beach. Beware of demon-possessed man. You know, don't launch your boat here. Don't park here. But that was exactly Jesus's assignment. That's exactly where he was heading. I mean, he knew it. And I think this storm, kind of, it, when you're going to do something big and major like this, a lot of times you will run into a, a storm, storm to try to dissuade you or you know get you off course so that you will not go after what you were sent to go after. Exactly. Exactly. But you see. All the human help had failed. This man, yeah. 
yeah, you know, the social services couldn't social do that. The, the justice system, the prisons, the, uh, the, the synagogues didn't help him. <laughs> Nothing. The people in the temple, the Pharisees, the Sadducees, the scribes. He was, he would, he's exactly the, the perfect picture of demon-possessed. And a possessed person, uh, at this point, this man was owned, occupied, and controlled by Satan. That's the, the, the 100% possession um, he wasn't just demonized. He wasn't just having a bad day. He was completely taken over except for one thing. Um, and it says, and always night and day, he was in the mountains and in the tombs crying out and cutting himself with stones. And he was, so he was a cutter. He was, uh, he was um, mm-hmm. in, in pain, um, tormented, really. I mean, he, 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 p- people who cut themselves, I know you know people who are cutters. Everybody pretty much knows. These people are in great pain, and they create more pain to uh, manage the the, her, the other pain, the, the internal pain. pain, the deep yeah. pain. Yeah. But he was cutting himself, I think, because he was so he, so much hatred, so much. So the demon inside of him was trying to destroy this man's body by getting the man to use his own hands to cut himself to uh, with stones. If he would have had ra- blades, I'm sure he would have had used blades. But he he was exemplifying this extreme self hatred. Uh, this demon of self-hatred was tearing, shredding, hating this man. I mean, this because there were so many demons in him that it was just a ruckus in there all the time. There was no peace and quiet because the demons among him and within him, the legions that we'll find out, uh, the legion, uh, were, were always fighting within themselves. Yeah, and he had no rest. I mean, it's verse 5, and always night and day he was in the mountains and now, was now, crying now, out. Crying mm-hmm. out. Can you imagine, I, I, I often think of people that live maybe in the area, they heard this guy at night, you know? Like howling. Yeah, howling, growling. crying out, growling, People who've screaming, met, people who've just, seen demons face to face are terrified by them. And can you imagine having 2,000 to 6,000 living inside of you? But here's a question. Um, you know, people just, yeah, 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 they're giants, yeah, they're demons, yeah, yeah, yeah. We read the book, we read the book, yeah, 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 all these stories, yeah, yeah. Maybe they're true, maybe they're not. Where did these demons come from? And how was it that human beings became the vessels and the carriers uh, and these demons took up occupation and residence inside of human bodies? When, I mean, this wasn't, an, uh, this was not an unfamiliar scene. People knew people had demons and they, and this, but this goes way back to, you know, what we as the Americanized, modernized uh, sanitized, uh, sedated, seduced, uh, theologized church, religious system, whatever. Uh, w- this has all been, you know, relegated to some other emotional problem, uh, mental illness. It's like it's taken out of the context of real life. It's like mm-hmm. it, it doesn't really exist. And, and so now we call it, we label it, you know, very many other things so we don't hurt or offend. It's all under the big category of mental illness. But but manifestations, dis- uh, let's see, was it uh, deviant uh, t- t- types of behavior, we, they all have a label. They have a, a, a diagnostic label, which allows then the, um, the caregivers or the counselors or the medicators to get third-party reimbursements and put drugs on them and in them. But 
this is a this this is the story. This is what Jesus came to do. This is part of his mission. You know, when the, the, the contract, the covenant was made on Mount Hermon and the angels, the fallen angels came in unto the women, the sons of God, they were came into the human women, the daughters of men and cohabitated with them and, and were able to create an offspring, which they did. The Nephilim, the giants that were later had even Joshua was dealing with giants, even up into that time after um, Moses. Um, and Moses took out, uh, what was his name, Og of Bashan uh, and Zion, Zidon or whatever. Mm-hmm. And they were big giants. And those were big giant cities. The cities, the people in those cities were giants. And so, um, but here we still have this this theme of giants and, and torment and, and, and we still have it today. And don't kid yourself. I, I work with people every every week. I work with people in almost every week. Well, I think I could say probably every week for sure. Um, people will come to me with their stories of their demons, their haunted houses, the sexual abuse, uh, the cutting, the um, uh, casting out demons, even out of houses, even out of, uh, it, it, and the demons are manifesting more and more. And the reason is they're getting more and more blatant and bold is because we're inviting them, we're permitting it. And yet we deny them. We deny that this thing really exists. And yet it is the blatant undercore of everything that goes on, all the demonic evil that goes on, it's still rampant. It's still actually growing. The witchcraft, the hatred, the violence, the, you know, people don't want the truth anymore. They don't, they don't care about the truth. They just care about their agenda. And most of them are like this man, only they're not manifesting in such an obvious way. They're manifesting through hatred, contempt, vileness, deception, divination, lying, Jezebel, um, they're, but they're cunning and they're smooth and they look fun and they, they present all these options that look innocent and, and um, benign when in fact they're, they're deadly offerings. But this man was blatant right out in the, right out in the midst of it. Nobody could deny that this man wasn't um, demonized to the max. But the interesting thing is when he saw Jesus, but when he saw Jesus from afar, he ran and worshiped him. So Jesus could have been a block away. This man saw him and ran and worshiped him. He was, why did he do that? What, what, what possessed the man who was possessed to run and worship Jesus? Was it the demons worshiping Jesus? Oh. Or was it this man who was crying out his one and only hope had arrived on the shore? This man was crying out for help. And I believe that in his spirit, he recognized that this is, this is Jesus. This is where my help is. I don't know if he probably heard, heard because of, the demons inside of him were freaking to the max and it probably cued him in as to who this really was. Yeah, yeah. So there was a little bit of the man still there who was able enough to to make his Come. mad dash for freedom, if you will, and fell down and, and, and worshiped Jesus, came and came diving into his feet and said, have worshiped him. Now, when this is critical. Because when this man was able to do this, he was able at that point to give an agreement to an acknowledgement of Jesus Christ. Exactly. And this was what was the was Satan's undoing. Because any time, I don't care how demon-possessed you might be or persons you might know who are, at any point where they will give, um, receive the revelation of Jesus Christ and his truth and grab a hold of that at any point, they are then um, uh, being in the beginning stages of, of being released and set free because that's that's the number one first move is you've got to want it. And when you're going to cast demons out of people, if they don't want it, don't bother. 
Because if they don't want it and you can't, you can cast the demon out, but 20 seconds later, it'll be back in and bring seven of his buddies. So the only reason in way you want to cast out demons is when people are willing. Now you can cast them out when they're willing, but when they're not willing, you can bind them. And if they're not willing and you, you have to wait till the person is giving you permission. There has to be the permission of the person who lives in that house. Um, to do it. And, and so don't misunderstand. You can still bind demons all you want. You can bind their effects. You can bind their lies in that person. You can bind um, their seduction of that person. But you, you can really only cast them out when they come and ask for help or or agree as you present the, the, the situation that they agree with you. So he cried out with a loud voice and listen to this. It's verse 7. And he cried out with a loud voice and said, what have I to do with you, Jesus, Son of the Most High God? I implore you by God that you do not torment me. Now notice, it, when, he, when Jesus met the demon in the synagogue, they were using the plural. What have you, do to, have you to do with us? Here, the, he, it's a singular pronoun. What have I to do with you? And, and this, this voice, spirit, one talking, knew exactly who Jesus was. Jesus, Son of the Most High God. No, the demons. I, he, yeah. yeah, go ahead. I was going to say that the demons. Uh, James said, "You know, you do well if you believe that there's one God." The demons also believe and tremble, but the demons are not going to be saved. Yeah. But the demons. They believe. They believe there is a God. They believe they know, and but hum, they're not submitting. The demons. They they know they know and believe, but 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 human beings say, "Well, I don't know if I believe that." Yeah. I know. So, so the demons, in a sense, have more sense in that way. They, they, they know the word of, of God beings. is true. They yeah. know it's true, and and that's terrifying to them. And you know, it's amazing how the demons. I mean, there's many different. Um, this is a hierarchy of demons. There are many different um, levels and layers and intensities and specialty areas for demons. Some of them uh, do this, and some do that, and. And so there's quite a variety of, of uh, things that they can do in a person. But he says, what have we to do with you, Jesus, son of the most high God? So obviously they recognize him from way back, way back. I implore you by God that you do not torment me. And in some places they'll say, uh, have you come to torment us before the time? Which is also another interesting comment, because if there is a certain time that they have been allotted, uh, permitted to operate. And, and God would set limits on them from time to time. When the giants, the Nephilim, uh, began to be the, the, the offspring of the human and, and uh, fallen angel uh, cohabitation, um, these these Nephilim were permitted to live eight, 500 years. And then they were told, uh, that commanded that they would f- turn against one another and kill themselves off, which is exactly what happened. And then their their fathers, the Watchers, were locked up for 70 generations, and that would be about 4,900 years. And if you do all the math on that and figure it out according to our calendar, that they were locked up until about 1917, which is the time when we had World War One. And if you just, just logically think about these, these were the, the, the fallen angels. These were the ones who gave the technical skills the art of making weapons, et cetera, root cuttings, constellations. They gave the the people of that day all this hidden and forbidden knowledge that was on the tree of knowledge. Pharmacia. Yeah, pharmacia. That's what, what the root cuttings is about, pharmacia, yeah, medicines drugs. and stuff. Not good medicines, but... Yeah. Um, and so, but if you do the math and you look at just the weaponry itself, that up until 1850s, 1865, we had civil war, those, those, those 
thousands of years previous to that, the best they could come up with weapons was, you know, bayonets and uh, I think Can- they had cannons. Can- yeah, and they had guns and cannons, and and, but, but that's the best they could do. I mean, over all that length of time, that's the best they could come up with. And now, after in World War One, they had all kinds of advanced technology. They had airplanes. Planes, they had even submarines. Yeah, they okay. had all kinds of things. I think they even had radar. And where did that all come from in fifty years? Please, give it up. These demons had started to sift back into society. They were being released back, and now there's even more of them released. So that's why our technology is totally out of control. Yeah, the demons believe and tremble. James mm-hmm. said, they tremble because they know their day is coming. They absolutely they know, know their do- mm-hmm. doom is at hand. They didn't want to be into the place of torment. A lot of times we think that, that demons right now are in places of torment. They're being tormented. They're tormentors, but they're, they're probably tormented because over in the back of their devious minds, mm-hmm. they're knowing that their day is coming, their day of doom is coming, Matthew twenty five forty one. Um, he, Jesus, the context here, uh, the judgment of the Gentile world, then he will also say to those on the left, depart from me, you cursed into the everlasting fire, prepared for the devil and his angels. Okay? Mm-hmm. So there's everlasting fire prepared for the devil and his angels. They know, these demon powers know that their time is coming. And so they did not want to be tormented before the time. Mm-hmm. They said, please right. don't torment. Give us, give us more time. Give us more space. All that sort of thing. Okay? Yeah. So, um, so, so anyway, they, they're, they're nervous. And so Jesus is going to have a little conversation here with them. Um, they knew who he was, absolutely nailed it. Um, they knew, and the disciples were still trying to figure it out. Yes, according we you know we see that in the storm. Who is this? Who's this guy? That even the sea obeys him, and the devil says, "Yeah, well, he's the Most High, the Son of God, Jesus, the Son of the Most High God." There were many gods with a small G floating around, um, right? But he was the one true God, and and then so and and for he had said to him, um, "Come out of the man, unclean spirit." Then, so he has already given a command. Jesus gave a command, and the, for he had said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. And, and so this kind of, there's a kind of a debate discussion. Who are you? What do you think you're doing? Why have you come? Um, what have we to do with you? No, we're not going to. He belongs to, I've heard this, you're never going to get him. He belongs to me. You can't have him. She's mine. Those kinds of things We've are, heard that. I've heard, heard those things. Yeah, lots of times, lots of times, lots of times. Yeah. And then he, so then he said, but Jesus said to him, come out of the man, unclean spirit. So if you, this, all spirits are unclean. I mean, if you can't think of another name, call them fear or unclean and you've got it. Then he said to him, because you have to name them. And then he said to him, Jesus said, what is your name? Now, this is very interesting because, um, and he answered and said, my name is Legion for we are many. A couple of things here. Jesus, you know, people say, oh, you can't talk to the devil. Jesus said to us, Son Jesus of God said, talked to the devil he, he talked the to him and he said to us, he says, I give you power over all the power of the enemy Serpents and, and nothing shall by any means yeah. hurt you. We're not, you know, we are praying to God using the authority God has given us when we're doing deliverance. We're, we're, this, we're, God is backing us up. We're, we're obeying, obeying what he said to do and we're not telling God what to do. 
we're telling the devil what to do because we have an authority to do that if the other person cooperates. And the interesting thing is the devil has to do it then. He has to go. But people get freaked out and faked out before they get to that part. And they say, well, you know, because the devil, he'll talk back and he'll freak you out. Now you can tell him to shut up and that's okay. And you can tell him, you can ask him questions if you want to, but you got to know for sure if he's not lying. And most of the times, of course, the devil's going to lie. So when I deal with the devil, I will say, you will tell the truth, the same truth you have to tell on Judgment Day in the name of Jesus Christ. And so basically on Judgment Day, they're going to have to spill it out. You know, they have to de- declare so that's all. That's the authority that, yeah. that we've been given and, and by the and Lord. Then pretty much, I mean, maybe, uh, maybe one time out of uh, 50, they'll lie. And you'll know when they're lying because it doesn't match up with the Word of God. But for the most part, they will they will then do what you say, uh, especially, like I said, if you have the authority. The, but here's the deal. Here's an interesting qu- thought. Um, I was just reading about this the other day, too. Uh, so he says, um, my name is Legion, for we are many. Now, how many is in a legion? Well, it can be a Roman legion of soldiers, a group that could be in 3,000 up to uh, 6,000 soldiers. Yeah, we think of 2,000 to 6,000. Now, how could 6,000 or 2,000 demons get into one human being. Just how big are demons? Well, the thing is, do we know if this guy was telling the truth? He says, we are many. That doesn't necessarily mean <clears throat> 3,000 or Right, well, he 6, said he said his name was Legion, didn't he? Right, he said that's his name, but how do you know that he was telling the truth? But the thing well, is, we <laughs> know that there uh, were many. I wouldn't, we I w- know that there were many demons. Okay, well, what's uh, the... We know that there were, from later on, we know that there were at least... If huh. if you figure, well, I don't want to jump ahead to the pigs. Okay, okay great. But we'll get to the pigs. Yeah, and then, we'll yeah. and we'll, then we'll do our math back, do some backwards. Math. Okay, but why would he lie to Jesus? He already told the truth. We already see this demon telling the truth in right. identifying Jesus correctly. Yep. So I don't think he's lying. I think he doesn't dare to lie. He knows better than to lie. Um, so he says, my name is Legion, for we are many. Sometimes, let me ask you, just share, share this, that there's times where there's a gift of the Holy Spirit called the discerning of spirits. Mm-hmm. Recognizing, we've, we've been given authority over serpents, scorpions, over all the power of the enemy. Mm-hmm. We're, we're called to cast demons out, mm-hmm. okay? Mm-hmm. We've given the gift of discerning of spirits. Mm-hmm. And, by uh, the Holy Spirit. Mm-hmm. And, and by the Holy Spirit. So here's the deal. Sometimes we can ask the devil's name and get it, but a lot of times, we just know what spirit's operating here. Right. We know because of, sometimes because of what Behaviors, they're doing. Behaviors, et cetera, et cetera. Behaviors. Now, it's interesting that this is a very good point that to have authority over everything or anything, let's just say anything, to have an authority over it, you have to give it a name. You know, when you name your children, you have authority over them as a parent. When we name a disease, we now have an authority. We can work with that. Okay, now we know what we've got, what we're working with here. But until you can diagnose it properly and name it correctly, you might be prescribing the wrong treatments or medications because you have not properly named it. So there are two ways to uh, to name demons, and uh, and naming them is very important. When you when you have a criminal, you have to name the criminal. You can't just say, well, he's got to have a name before you can prosecute him. I mean, and and that gives an authority. So the way Jesus dealt with demons or the way the word of God teaches us to deal with demons is two, uh, two ways to name them. One, by what they do, or in this case, this particular one was giving us his name. Um, 
and we saw what he was doing. We could have called the some of these 2,000 or 6,000 demons could have been cutters. Some of them could have been tormentors. Some of them could have been, um, uh, you know, power demons. They break in the shackles and the chains. <clears throat> the other way you name demons, the first way, again, is by what they do. or And the second way is by what they hold on to. And these are the ter- territorial spirits, the familiar spirits that, that hold on to regions uh, or and they are the ones who hold on to a person using their particular the name of the person because they consider you as personal property as a kingdom as a dwelling place they are they're using humans as objects and dwelling places like homes because de- demons are definition is is a disembodied spirit they are the the when the nephilim were killed off killed each other off their spirits uh were had nowhere to go because they were half human and half fallen angel. So they were left to wander the earth and wandering the earth is no fun if you can't have a body to do something in. So they then began to take up their residence in people's minds and hearts and get permission. And eventually the the people began to become, I believe like Nimrod began to become a Gaborim. There was so your agreements your light, casual, passive agreements with the enemy become more open. full, open ag- agreements. And, and you, some people invite the devil in. Some people are sold to Satan, uh, married to Satan, um, give their, you know, do blood covenants to allow Satan to enter them. Um, they become psychic healers. They become, uh, we have a lot of our actors and actresses, I believe, that are demon-possessed. Um, their talents and abilities and their abilities to do this and that are, are, are gifts that are and special supernatural abilities that are coming through <clears throat> the enemy himself. But going back to my question, um, so naming the, this demon, now we know his name, his name is Legion, uh, because there are, because he says, because there are many, there's a lot of us in here. It's not just me um, and not just one unclean spirit, you know, and, but my question is, well, where do, how big are demons, and, and how do you get 6,000 demons or 2,000 demons in a one human body? Well, how big are they? Well, I don't think you can say there's a, a, a size. They're, mm-hmm. they're small. They must be small. <clears throat> they're I mean, either small. They're, they're spirit. If they're spirits, if they're spirits, they but, would be what? Invisible? They, well, yeah, for sure. They could, well, but they sometimes do are they visible, too. they take up space? They yeah. like to take up space. They like to take Absolutely. up Absolutely. They can take up space. They can take up space in, in humans. They can live in space. And they can live in animals even. I, I believe they live in the spaces between the cells sometimes. Mm-hmm. I believe they can connect with our circuitry. They can connect with our, our, our bones, our muscles, our limb system, our yep, brain systems, system, our, yeah. our uh, human uh, uh, anatomy on any level. Our brain chemistry, our uh, neurotransmitters, our vibrations and frequencies. There is no end to the ways that they can mess with the human body. They're 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 very small. They're very adaptable Mm -hmm. to to all these. And I think they live in another dimension too. I think it's it's an interfacing of uh, the biological human, you know, tangible world. Three dimensions with a with a just like the Holy Spirit dwells in us, and that's that's the interfacing of the the good holy spirit world with our human bodies so we can walk in spirit the same with the negative world i believe they can interface with us and control and i believe that demons also have weight according to one of the one of the um proverbs 
the weight of the spirits of the spirits. I it's I think it's uh, Proverbs three. I didn't look that up, but anyway. Um, <clears throat> so when people oftentimes when they when they get delivered, and by the way, when you get delivered, you'll know you're delivered. Somebody doesn't have to tell you you're delivered. You'll know it. Mm-hmm. Uh, and, and and they say they'll say things like, "Oh, I, I feel so much lighter," you know. Mm-hmm. Um, mm-hmm. And so it's it's like there's a there's a weight that comes from these these things that live inside of us as well. But so Jesus is on 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 deck and he's about to hit a a home run. Uh what do they call it? Boat bases loaded. So Grand he slam. <clears throat> Yeah. So he answered and said, "My name is Legion, for we are many." And he begged him earnestly that he would not send them out of the country. Now, this is a very interesting. Of all the things that this demon legion asked for, he begged, got on his knees and begged because he knew who Jesus he, Christ. He was. didn't want to be tormented, <clears throat> and he wanted to stay in that in the country where in he the was, country in the region because, you know, do you know why? I think because I know why. Because he liked it there. Well, they liked it there. They had they had power and authority. They had a good thing going, influencing the people. Yeah. In well, this he area. he had, and this kind of is a kind of a, a clue to the fact that there are different areas, countries, territories, regions, and 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 spirits have to they have to um, vie for position as well. And obviously, Legion had had a good thing going with the the principality. Over the Gadarenes, or um, well, you, you the, the, the principality of that. So he w- wanted to stay there and keep his political connections, so he would have more freedom to at, uh, explore his options. At the risk of saying, you know, there's a demon be- behind every bush or in every bush. When you go basically house to house, business to business, um, different parts of the country, driving down the street driving down the road, mm-hmm. if you're sensitive in the spirit, you will discern different spiritual strongholds all over the place. And they're different. They're uh, different. They're totally, I, I'll give you an example if you live in Minneapolis area. Um, back in uh, the 90s, early 90s, mid-90s, um, on Highway 65, we would drive that road very often. And we would see on the west side of the road poverty, and nothing grew, nothing was, no buildings, no, uh, you know, accomplished, you know, no economic uh, growth and development. But on the east side, everything was just totally booming. They were building houses and apartment complexes and, and big shopping malls, and it's still there today pretty much. Now, the west side has built up since then. Yeah, but the east, br- east side has. The east side has. The west, you were talking about, it was, yeah, oh, wait, uh, was, I'm sorry, yeah, the west side, right, to get our direction straight. Yeah. The west side has well, built up. But well, when we lived there, it was full of poverty, but the oh, thing is, yeah. we noticed this every day, and so we would come against this spirit of poverty that ruled on the yeah. west side, and it must have got busted up because now the west side is nice with the growth of, you say, oh, that's just a coincidence. Well, go ahead, say what you want. But back to this guy, the the thing is that in, in like you said, Jerry, in many places, like in certain towns, there are principalities and there are powers also. Powers are like the influences of the towns. Like say maybe this town is particularly known for its um, uh, chemical addictions. Maybe another town for its brawling or its pornography or it's another town for its cheating and sudden death or sicknesses the uh, towns are different Mm -hmm. um areas Mm -hmm. are different different areas and so when you and and houses too houses can have 
be dedicated physical houses can and properties can be dedicated uh, and claimed by satan and and you and if you're on a uh, one of those like sacred portal grounds portals or sacred grounds or ley lines or your place previously had been used and occupied by the cult or witches or whatever. The, these places are going to be given to more evil. There's going to be a nicer uh, accommodations for evil. So this legion did not want to leave the country because I think he had it nice there. His connections, his political ties, everything was good. And so um, he begged Jesus to not send him out of the country. So there was, you know, an unclean spirit. Besides, he didn't want to go into any abyss either. The, right. This unclean spirit was living in an unclean area because... Mm-hmm. There were Gentiles there, and they they raised hogs. Okay, mm-hmm. and nothing against uh, hog farmers today, but yeah, some of my were, friends are hog farmers, actually. Right, exactly, and and, and wonderful. And we can eat those go- things now because people. of the of the Peter's sheet vision. But nonetheless, there's still some restrictions. Some but, people feel but then back then, you know, the Israelites were not to have contact with swine. They were not to eat pigs, and everything. But the reason unclean. they had so many pigs here. And uh, is that this was a Gentile area, right? Or, or they were actually Jews that weren't being very good Jews. So, so what they the demons begged him. There, verse eleven. There was a large herd of swine f- was feeding near the mountains. So all the demons, all the demons, not just the one, all the demons, but please, 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 mm-hmm. send us into the swine. They always want a body, right? Mm-hmm. They've got to have uh, better to be in a pig than in in the in in the eternal it's, fire. It's interesting. Yeah, they they were bodies are warm, and bodies are wet. Yeah. And when the it's, Jesus talks about in other places where they were sent out and they went into the dry places seek, seeking rest and couldn't find any in the dry places these demons would find seven of their friends and go back into finding a wet place wet because humans place. are 70% water and dry places obviously don't suit the demons as well as wet places. And said, they said, we want to enter the swine, verse 13, and at once Jesus gave them permission. Then the unclean spirits went out and entered the swine. There were about 2,000 and the herd ran violently down a steep place into the sea and drown in the sea. So the the demons, if you figure there was one, I don't know, maybe one, if, we don't know, was there one demon per per pig? Maybe more than one. Yeah, maybe more than Three one. Three per demon. But they pig, all, maybe. they came and drowned in the sea. Now, uh, so interesting there that the demons didn't drown. No. They got out, but they destroyed the pigs. Right. And, uh, and those, verse 14, so those who fed the swine fled. They said, we've got to get out of here. They're freaking out. And they told it in the city and in the country, and went out to see, and they went out to see what it was that had happened. And they came to Jesus and saw the one who had been demon-possessed and had the legion, who had been demon-possessed, who had the legion, past tense now. Right, right, right. amen. Demons gone. Praise God for the past tense of this. Sitting. Yeah, and clothed and in his right mind, and they were afraid. Now, he didn't have any therapy. He didn't have any ongoing counseling. He wasn't on, you know, prescriptions. He was just simply, boom, clean, set free, back in his right mind. And and those who saw it told them how it happened, because I suppose the people, there was a few in the audience, uh, happened to him who had been demon-possessed and about the swine. Then they began to plead with him to depart from their region. So the swine uh, Producers Association 
uh, took up a petition. We got to get this Jesus out of here. So Jesus is bad for business. Right. So then he got back into the boat and he went and he who had been demon possessed begged him that he might be with him. Now, this is interesting. Jesus is getting in the boat. Doesn't seem like he's very appreciated here. One man's super, super happy. And and the whole area, the the commercial people are mad. uh, Yeah, are very upset with him. Isn't that something? You know how nobody appreciated the fact that this man was marvelously set back in, in his right mind. They were more interested in the loss of their finances in these pigs than they were in um, the man. The man, the amazing. Yeah, yeah. Uh, and so they began to, you know, kind of get Jesus to, to leave. Um, and the But the man wanted to go with him. I, can, I don't blame him at all. I would love to have tagged with Jesus if that would have been me. You know, for one thing, how am I going to stay safe uh, you know, if, if, how are the, how am I going to know the demons are going to c- try to come back into me? I got to stay close to Jesus. A lot of people get delivered or healed. They're all about how do I stay healed? How do I stay delivered? Well, how do I are from hell? The, the job of you staying clean is you making choices to, to just follow Jesus and, and take the time to let him get to know you. You get to know him. He knows you already, but spend your time pursuing him. And so Jesus said to him, uh, he says, he says, Jesus did not permit him, but he said, go home to your friends and tell them what great things the Lord has done for you and how he has had compassion on you. And it's interesting. He still had a home. He had a home somewhere or home that even though he'd been living in the tombs, mm-hmm. go back to your home, your, your hometown, mm-hmm. your friend. He still had had friends and maybe some of the friends had tried to help him, you know, by chaining him up or something like talking that. him down, talking <laughs> him down, that sort of thing. And tell them what great things that the Lord has done for you. So he was really a powerful witness in that Gentile region. Um, and, uh, you know, who who could get mad at him for being de- delivered? Who really could find fault with that the man? The pig farmers. Yeah, well, they, I'm thinking they were, you know, they didn't even, obviously he's not as important as 2,000 swine. Right. And this is kind of the way it was with the monetary system the money, the sheep falling in the pit, everything is kind of much more important that, than the deliverance of a human being. That's kind of the way it is today. And mm-hmm. and also, verse 20, and he departed and began to proclaim in Decapolis. Decapolis was an area of 10 cities. Mm-hmm. So he's going, giving a, sharing his testimony in 10 cities, all that Jesus had done for him, not just necessarily about the pigs, is what Jesus had done for him and all marveled. All, now, this was a amazed. miracle, another miracle, actually, because to think of it, that not only was he delivered, but Jesus was able to keep him delivered uh, to the point where this man became a great evangelist in those 10 cities, and he didn't get re-demon-possessed. And I think this is what a lot of people are afraid that demons are going to come back. Well, there, this simply started with this man from afar running to Jesus and worshiping him, coming into an agreement with the the possibility of freedom and deliverance. I think that's where we begin. Coming into an agreement with the possibility of you being free and delivered from whatever it is. And if you're doing something that you cannot stop, like Paul says, if I'm doing what I do not want to do, it is not me doing it. It is the sin that dwells within me. And sin dwelling in us is basically behind the sin dwelling in us is a stronghold. And within the stronghold is a spirit. Notice this guy was not quiet about it. Something so big and marvelous had happened to him. Yeah. And uh, and Jesus he, wasn't cocky about it either. He went and proclaimed. He mm. proclaimed it. You don't proclaim something that you have doubts about. Yeah. And notice, he he, he 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 was speaking that he did know and testifying that he had seen. And notice the way Jesus handled the demon. He wasn't arrogant. He wasn't uh, 
condescending. He wasn't loud. He wasn't, you know, scolding of the demon. He, he really honored the demon, uh, demon Legion and Legion's request. It's not that he approved of what he was doing, but because God and the, and the devil are at war, God does not cheat to take an advantage, which he could easily do. He actually gave an honorable, he answered the demon's request honorably and gave him what he wanted, although he kind of probably chuckled under his breath because the demon asked to be put in the swine, but he didn't calculate that the swine were going to be drowned in, in, in the craziness of it all. And a lot of times, actually, there are there are recent stories of this very same thing where demons are cast out and they go and disturb the animals in the region around there, the dogs, the cats, the horses, mm-hmm. whatever. I, I just read one the other day um, that when the big demon legion goes out, they go into the animals. But Jesus honored Legion's request. He didn't, you know, shame him in front of everybody. Who do you think you are? I'm going to show you. I'm going to teach you. No, he didn't do any of that. He just says, okay. And if, and if you're around some a demon that's being cast out, some people don't want to cast out demons or be being around people who are casting out demons because they think the demons might jump onto them. Yeah, well, the demons cannot jump onto you unless they find a place to jump yeah, on. Yeah, unless you have it. So keep the doors closed yeah. to the devil. Keep mm-hmm. your heart open to Jesus. Let's pray. Father, thank you f- so very much that you are the same yesterday, today, and forever. You have authority over the storms, over the weather, the storms of life. You have a purpose for us. You you call us to cross over, to go with you to do your work. Thank you for the privilege of sharing in the ministry that you've given to us, Lord. And you've done, for those of are listening that know you, we have a wonderful message to share with everybody. We can that you are good and you've done so many wonderful things for us. Help us to do that today and in the days to come. Amen. To be faithful in it in Jesus' name. Amen. Amen. God bless you. I have an emergency. What is your location? Because there's a war for your soul.